Hello and welcome to another edition of Video Games to the Max. I am your host, Sean Garman, here with me as always, Mr. Mark Morrison. Howdy. And well, we are live on the socials right now, except not YouTube and Twitch, but we'll be on there on demand later. And well, we're definitely not going to be going through the everything at the Game Awards. We'll kind of give our general impressions and favorite things and Obviously, there's a lot of things that have come out of that, so we'll talk about things that have come out from the Game Awards as well. That God of War TV show seems pretty epic. We got Crisis Core, Final Fantasy VII Reunion impressions from both Mark and I, and we've got a heck of a lot of other stuff as well right after this. You are listening to Video Games to the Max. All right. Well, so just so we can get the housekeeping out of the way. Of course, if you're the first time you're watching us here or it's the hundredth time, we always appreciate you. Welcome to the show. Hope you like it and stick around. And if you can't watch live or whatever when we report, we usually record pretty late. So that's okay. You can always watch on demand on YouTube, WTM Network channel there. You get not only what we do here, but also all of the other stuff. We have Tatakeki that does anime. We have MMA for Marks that does mixed martial arts. And we have a whole crew from Mark Radlich that does movie reviews. They just did the Avatar uh, Way of the Water review. So if you wanted to check out their thoughts on that, you can certainly do that. Metal music, TV shows, everything there, they cover that. So... Uh, we pretty much have a big smorgasbord of stuff here that you can enjoy. You can also, we have a WTO network on Twitch. You can watch the show on as well if you prefer Twitch. Uh, we also have a Facebook page, WTO network. We have our Twitter. You can watch us there. And also, if you prefer to just listen on your podcast place of choice, which, you know, that's still how I enjoy most of the things that have now gone on video. I still listen through podcasts. You can do that on any podcatcher of your choice, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon, wherever it is that you like to listen, we're on there, and you can subscribe there, and then anytime we do a show, you can catch us, and you can subscribe to the whole network on there as well if you want to listen to other folks' uh, stuff here. So that being said, let's get on with the show here. I know it's probably the oldest thing that we're going to talk about, but it's probably still the most newsworthy thing. Uh, that's happened since we're kind of towards the end of the year. This is when everybody's doing their their own game awards, uh, their own uh, choices for who they think is going to be the winners. Uh, so you don't really get a ton of news, that kind of thing. Things are kind of like taking the break before we get into the next year. So I don't I don't want to go into like everything that happened and all that stuff. It's it's been way past that. But what did you think about? I guess the show in general compared to the other years. I mean, it got uh, a heck of a, you know, it went over 100 million viewers um, at one point throughout the show, which is an incredible number considering it's, you know, only 10 years old, about to be 10 years old next year. Uh, they seem to give the awards a bit more clout, even though they still skipped a lot of them. Um, and I thought the announcements were pretty good, but what did you think overall, Mark? I mean, it was fine. It didn't seem any like different than the other 
years they've done. I mean, the, I mean, they took like the judge speech went on for like a little too long. I thought, well, everyone thought, uh, and that kid in the end should be shot, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah, he was, uh, I think, arrested, or at least they they tried to charge him for that. But I mean, I think personally, I think I, the only thing I remember really from the show is like everyone on Steam trying to win the Steam Deck from it. <laughs> yeah, um, I thought that they did a really good job of making the awards they did announce very important with having the big name actors, which I think shows a lot of how the show has progressed. And it's, it really is, it, it did feel like a little bit of that Oscar, a little bit of that golden globes. Like, look, Al Pacino can't read, but he's there, you know, like that's a big deal um, for, just, for the game. Have done yeah. A weekend at Bernie's and just propped him up in the corner or something. <laughs> <clears throat> um, but yeah. And, and the announcements I thought were pretty good. I like the fact that it didn't like, it didn't feel like it overstayed its welcome this time. Like a lot of times the game awards feels like it goes on way too long. And by the end of you get to that, like last hour, you're just waiting for it to end. Uh, it didn't feel like that this year, which I think is a, something that's worth saying. Um, it's worth pointing out because I'm glad that they improved that. He really did actually like listen to people and and know that we had complaints about that and you know it's it's cool that he he listened you know um they did have some big announcements like that final fantasy 16 trailer uh they had uh, armored core 6 um they announced the is that where they announced the horizon multiplayer no they've just been talking about that but no they didn't show anything off or anything um i couldn't remember cuz they've had the news come out about it since then, so it was like I couldn't remember if they showed. They showed some Horizon thing, though. It was the DLC. They showed the DLC. Yeah. For Ridden West. Um, you know, so Sony had the Street Fighter Six got shown pretty early. They had the that Dead Cells partnership with Castlevania, which was pretty cool during the pre-show. Um, Hades 2, which that was... I mean, people were kind of talking about that, but it was still pretty shocking that they they did it. The Stranding too, right? I, overall, I mean, these are some. They had some pretty big announcements, uh, and it, cool that you know we got to see them there. And then that clip from Super Mario movie was uh, pretty fun uh, as well. So, yeah. I mean, I I showed him the trailer after it happened, but that I showed him again the trailer rather, but that crime bot crime boss Rock A City game, yeah. I, I watched that and I was like, "This is what Saints Row should have been." Maybe yeah, they totally they totally nailed the ninety, getting everybody from the nineties. <laughs> maybe, maybe not from a gameplay perspective because I'm not sure how well like the whole online thing is going to work or like first person stuff. But right, like from a cast perspective or from like a tone perspective, it's like, yeah, this is really what Saints that Saints Row reboot should have been. <laughs> yes, exactly. That was. Like man, all of these actors are on here and actresses. That's that's pretty awesome. I definitely want to check out how that all comes together for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we also, you know, got some other cool stuff on there. So like I think he pretty much nailed it as far as what you kind of want from the game awards. Again, like would you love more awards being shown off and everything? But I think I'd rather 
what we got than a five-hour show because we have to try to do everything in it. Yeah, I saw some so. people complaining on Twitter, and my response was, "What you want to want them to bring back G four even?" <laughs> yeah, I mean, if that's the thing, is like he has to cut something. So if you cut a bunch of the announcements, I mean, uh, you know, like personally, to have I would have cut. Yeah, I would have cut that one of the at least one of the music performances. Yeah, but I think the music he uses the musical performance to bring in the people that are not the hardcore gaming crowd. Um, which I can kind of understand in a way. Uh, I but, don't I mean, care for them really. I mean, the the one with the Game Awards orchestra, that one obviously is cool. But I I tune out when we get to those where we're having. Yeah, it's like no, moments, no offense to yeah. Bear McCreary, but he's not gonna bring in people or you know like non gamers because most gamers. Well, but Hosier is, you know. Yeah. So that's the the kind of thing that you kind of just have to bear with it. When it comes to that, because unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, unfortunately, you know, that's that's what happens. Yeah. But I thought this was the best game awards they've had. He's probably had period. So, I mean, that's an accomplishment in of itself. I, I would have said that if I want a Steam Deck. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, <laughs> there's that too, obviously. Um, yeah, I think for the most part. I'm glad that Elden Ring won Game of the Year because I think we would have had too much oh, crap yeah. talked about afterwards. Uh, God of you know God of War basically swept all the other smaller categories that it was in. Yeah, um, I wasn't happy about Stray winning all the indie stuff. Well, it's an internet cat yeah. game. What do you expect? Yeah, but still. Um, and then you know Xenoblade got robbed for best score, but other than that. Yeah, it they they pretty much nailed everything and and it was a good show overall. Uh, there's a lot to take out of it as far as what's what's coming, and you know one of the things that they they had Kojima there to announce Death Stranding too with some of the actors and actresses, and then we have a Death Stranding movie happening. So yeah, yeah, I wonder who's going to be in the cast. <laughs> Uh, is he gonna just bring everybody in from? I, I doubt everyone, but I'm sure he'll get Norman Reedus in there. Oh yeah, of course. You know he's he's got to be in there. I think uh, uh, what's her name, Leah Sadeo, actually has a career. So I don't know if she's gonna be too busy or not. Oh, <laughs> well, maybe for the actual movie. Well, yeah. What you would think is gonna be the the bigger deal, right? Um, I mean, what did you? I mean, I, I still haven't really played Death Stranding, so I can't comment on, like, what did you think about, I guess, the Death Stranding 2 announcement, and then, I guess, knowing that now we're going to have a movie? I mean, I, I mean, the game looked fine. Like, it looked, I mean, it's looking like he's finally mixing Metal Gear with Death Stranding, because, like, that thing is pretty big. Uh, yeah. Movie o- might be okay. I mean, it's a weird game to adapt, I would say, because of how much, like, backstory there is. And, you know, just how much, like, I wouldn't say the game is, like, plot light, but there's a lot of, you have to kind of infer, and they just kind of dump, like, dump plot at you at, at certain points, you know, like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I could see them trying to, the inferring stuff, I mean, that happens in movies, you can certainly uh, get away with that. Uh, I don't know about sitting there for 10 minutes and just dumping plot on you, but... right. 
there's enough action and enough drama in at least the cutscenes and things that I've seen that I could see it working pretty well as a movie. Uh, yeah. I mean, Kojima's always wanted to do a movie, so uh, you know, if if he's not going to be allowed to do a Metal Gear movie by Konami, I think this the best thing you're going to get, honestly. To be fair, Konami's not doing a Metal Gear movie either, so... <laughs> well, I'm just saying, if if, if Konami mean, would Death let him do... Or, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he owns Death Stranding, he can do it, but I'm just saying, like, if Konami were to let him do a Metal Gear movie, that would be awesome, but, you know, they're probably not going to, uh, yeah, so... Yeah. It would cost as much as the whole Avatar franchise. <laughs> God, that's... Yeah, I don't, I don't know about that, but... Yeah, definitely is for one of the movies, sure. Um, yeah, it, I think that I like the fact that we're going down this road of video games are having all these adaptations and finally getting their due that they can. Well, com- you know. com- comics have been mined pretty heavily, so that's the only thing left. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I mean, well, yeah, that's true. They, they've kind of been saying this for a while. Video games are going to be that next thing that they're going to try to see which ones they can come in to make fran- movie franchises and make those things last. But, you know, uh, DC's trying to get themselves back on the map here. So if they can get that working and then you get video game stuff, so why not? You'll have franchises for the next two decades or whatever Yeah, uh, to go through uh, for that matter. But, I mean, that wasn't really the the only thing to kind of come out of that, they did talk about Armored Core 6 was one of the bigger games announced. It was, I wouldn't say it was a surprise, because I think we kind of knew about it. I think it was a surprise that they announced it there. And it was like the last trailer. (laughs) Right, the last big trailer. And then, you know, they had to come out and basically say like, hey, just letting you know that it's not going to be... like Dark Souls with Max. Yeah, you know, like yeah. I mean, have you played any Armored Core games? No. It is basically like here like menu like menu focused to an extent. Like here's the mission, you know, let's pick mission from from a from a mission list and hit go and then then you actually play the game. Yeah. I mean, they did say that they're in in what they talked about here, they're highlighting that the bosses are going to be the main focus of the game or the big highlight it, of the game. You know. That's the weird thing because Armor Core never used to have bosses, <laughs> or it used to have like mech, you know, like just regular mech bosses, not building sized. What the fuck this is going to be, you know? Yeah, I mean, they even went to the point of saying the essence of the battles in which the player reads the enemy's moves and then plays games with them is, of course, provided as is typical from from software. Um, but in this title, both the enemy and your own machine are aggressive and violent in their attacks. We're developing the game so the players can enjoy the dynamic and intense boss battles that only mechs can offer, along with the unique aspects of AC, such as how to assemble the right parts to take on the strongest enemies. So it looks like they're definitely trying to put some you know of the how, Dark Souls in it. You know how or like some Pokemon franchises or generations you can carry over saves? Yeah. They used to do it with Armored Core also, like, way back in the day. Oh, really? Okay. Too bad you can't do that now. Like, I have an Armored Core 5 save from PS3. <laughs> Let me load it in my PS5 and go. I mean, but what would you do with loading that save? I mean... To it, have all the mechs, or...? 
No, it's not really. It's not really mechs. It's mech parts. Okay, like, mech parts. Okay. Yeah, I mean, pretty much build a mech from whatever you want. Uh, so different heads, different different torsos, different arms, different legs, and then weapons, stuff like that. And it would carry over like some money as well, because the game is like just basically like mercenary mech mercenary. The game. Yeah, I mean, at least you know between building this and are making this, and they are going to make more. Dark Souls type games because he said that uh, after winning the game of the year that they've kind of been inspired by everything that's happening around Elden Ring to keep doing their thing. Uh, does that bring you some joy knowing that we're gonna? I mean, I like Elden Ring because it's like an open world game. If they go kind of go back to like their like Dark Souls or Bloodborne style, I don't think I'd like it as much. Actually, I can assure you, I wouldn't like it as much. <laughs> I mean, they they could have both, right? They could have not really the one. It's, it's kind of one or the other. Well, I meant like you could have both, as in you know, one time you have more of the Dark Souls, Bloodborne, and then the next yeah. one is more like Elden Ring, right? So, uh, and I don't think they all have to be these epic experience. You could certainly have smaller ones as well to try to I get more people. Yeah, I think you're wrong about that. Or <laughs> you know, the the fan base would riot. Yeah, I don't know. It depends. Uh, they are obviously okay with waiting. So if yeah. they, if he wants to make them all kind of big in length, then go for it. But I think there was definitely a lot of people that would want to that would love to have a Bloodborne too, or and not just everything be focused on like, okay, what's the next Elden Ring thing that they're gonna make? Right. But you know, they got to get through Armored Core Six first, and then we'll. We'll see what they do after that, uh, for sure, on that front. Um, then they also, Hogwarts Legacy got a trailer uh, during the Game Awards. And then they also had, like I think, uh, another like gameplay deep dive as well. And they announced that, so not all the versions are going to come at the same time. Uh, I guess as a way to make sure that the current console and... PC versions are going to still come February 10th. So now they're going to have the PS4 and Xbox One versions come out April 4th and then of next year, and then the Switch is going to get it on July 25th. So if you're waiting for the, I guess, essentially last-gen versions of those games, then you're going to be waiting a little bit longer. I would say you're going to be waiting forever because I assume those will be quietly canceled down the road. <laughs> You think so, though? Yep. After you, like... Look what, ha- look what happened to Gotham Knights. Yeah, but I don't know. After You go through the part of actually announcing all this, and then you're going to cancel it? I don't... Or if it comes I... out, it's going to be, like, a really, really bastardized, you know, version. Yeah, I can imagine the Switch one's not going to... Probably not going to run well. And PS4, Xbox One probably be okay, but there'd probably be a big significant difference with the current Gen 1s and those. Yeah. Uh, for sure. Um, we did mention the horizon getting the DLC. Uh, you know, there's now there's a lot of horizon stuff getting made. The TV show, the the DLC for Forbidden West, the VR game, and then the multiplayer game. And now there's possibly a multiplayer game, which has not been totally confirmed, but there's been you know uploads of 17 job possessions. Job positions for a new online project. Uh, Gorilla is mentioned in it. You know, looking for a new lead world designer to begin expanding the Horizon universe. 
to a multiplayer audience. There's a lot of, I think we talked about the the possibility of it being an MMO. I mean, I think we we said that. I don't know if we want to see that necessarily, but I I just don't think Horizon has enough like lore or story to make it interesting. Personally, well, I mean, do they really have to if it's just multiplayer focused? Well, because you're still going to have to play someone who has that stupid focus thing on his or her face, you know, ear. Like, they, I guess they kind of wrote, wrote that a little in the second one. But, like, the thing about the game is, like, that she's supposed to be, like, a special character. And, you know, well, it's like, now I just have, now there's, you know, 10,000 of these people running around, you know, this thing. And we're all trying to take on the, you know, robot woolly mammoth or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I could see it working from a perspective of, I mean, that is one of the things that people like doing in those games, just going out and taking those down and one did that with a friend. I mean, it just reminds me of, like, how they keep trying to spread Resident Evil, like, into, like, a multiplayer game. and Right, they yeah. Keep, they, they keep trying, and aside from the first one, that PS2 one, like, they always fail. <laughs> yep. Like, like I could I could see it being like a mode that you put in like the mercenaries. Yeah, but even in... like that didn't even like launch it. I mean, that's still not even out. Well, the mercenaries mode for Resident Evil is for Resident Evil. Oh, for Resident Evil, not 8. not not Reverse. I'm talking that, about I... the that extra mode. Yeah, like yeah. But I, I was talking about Reverse, like that. Yeah, that Reverse thing. It's like yeah, like I just I think it could work necessarily from a. Per, that perspective, I don't know that it's going to be this awesome thing that catches on. I mean, it may do decently well, like the Ghost of Tsushima one. Um, I'm sure that whenever the, if they ever do release factions for the Last of Us one, it will do well. But I don't know that it's going to be this immense thing that's going to be something that they need to keep iterating on constantly. Right. Um, and, you know, making sure you have updates and all that stuff. I applaud them for wanting to keep expanding their universe, but I think it's also, like, bordering on the it's becoming too much. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. You're the one that, that plays, that, you know, that's played these games. That, so. that's, why, that's why I said I don't think the, the universe can support all this crap. I mean, the, the TV show is different, but, like, right. the VR game the multiplayer game, the inevitable, well, the DLC, which might be interesting. Just right. from like a, like, I want to like explore like a Hollywood movie lot or something. Um, and the inevitable sequel, that's, you know, it's coming down the pipeline eventually. <laughs> yeah. There's going to be a horizon three just so they can, I guess, end Aloy's story or whatever they're going to do with that. There's never going to be an end. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe they just keep uh, just keep that thing going until it yeah. just they burn it to the ground and people don't want anything to do with Horizon anymore after that. I mean, it kind um, of felt like that after the second game. So it it does say something that once again it did not win anything. Yeah, at the Game Awards, it totally got beat by other games. Right. Uh, when it comes to that, so. That's uh, pretty interesting on that front that they they didn't gain support in order to like actually win some of these awards. So sucks both times. Horizon gets just completely well, mauled by another game. F- first game was uh, 
Breath of the Wild. An, an accident yeah. or, you know, that was an un, unenforced error. The second one, not so much. <laughs> yeah, the second one, they knew Elden Ring was coming. Yeah. And they, they couldn't move it at that point. Uh, the first one, they didn't know the Switch was going to be the powerhouse that it has become. Right. And then obviously Breath of the Wild becoming the that revelation for Zelda that nobody knew it needed until they played it. So, yeah, yeah, that's uh, going to be an interesting thing when we we come down to this for Horizon. Is something else going to I mean, that VR game is obviously only going to reach a certain audience. Right. But are they going to try to do better about whenever that third game comes up? Don't put it in the same month and a week before one of these other big games. That'll, that'll <laughs> be around, right when Elden Ring 2 comes out. Yeah, that'll be the thing that you have to deal with after that. Um, so just to stay on the Sony front here, because we're uh, already talking about a, a Sony franchise here, uh, God of War, we we had talked about this before. We knew that this was in development, but there wasn't ever really an announcement from Amazon itself saying, Hey, we're working on this. Hey, it's happening. This is what it's based on. Yeah. All that. Um, now they finally have uh, come out and said it. And so that's the thing is uh, it seems that it's like it's going to be pretty epic. It's You may want to tell what it is. <laughs> well, the God of War TV show. I said that. So it's yeah, going to okay. be based on God of War 2018. Uh, they said it's going to be very faithful to the story. Uh, take that what you will. Uh, I mean, Amazon says that they, in the quote, they say that, you know, Amazon is known for adapting things very well. Tell that you to know. Lord of the Rings. Yeah. I don't know about Lord of the Rings because there were certain things I think that they knew they weren't going to do better than Peter Jackson, so they just didn't touch it. Uh, but that being said, I... Could they do this really well? Sure. Am I going to be interested? Yes. Do I want it to succeed? Yes. Um, I don't. I don't think they're going to. I mean, I know you said he wants to do it, but I don't think they're going to get Christopher Judge to do it. <laughs> no, but I don't. I mean, think, I, yeah, I can see him having a role, maybe like Kratos, Kratos' dad, or something like that. But I think that dude is too physically like messed up to do it. <laughs> yeah, he he had mentioned it in that speech that he did. Where he he doesn't know how much longer he's gonna I mean, be able to do Kratos. He, he's almost sixty, I think, or he might yeah. be actually over sixty. Let me check. Uh, and like the re- a reason, one reason, got Ragnarok got delayed is because he had to get like knee and hip surgery done. Right, so, exactly. Like, that's not. I mean, yeah, like you can't exactly carry on a Ragnarok t- or God of War TV show. <laughs> like, yeah, he's fifty eight, so he's al- he's almost sixty. So, I mean, it does have. Uh some really good writers and a, a great showrunner and Rafe Judkins who did the wheel of time. Uh, you know, they're all going to be also serving as executive producers and uh, Corey Barlog is involved here as well. So, you know, in the wheel of time only last one season. Yeah. But I mean, and it's supposedly really good. I just haven't, I think I've watched like one episode, but still, you know, the thing is, if they're going to try to be faithful to it, I'm down for that. Um, it looks like that's what HBO is doing with Last of Us as well. So if that's how they're going forward, we're doing these TV shows, that's going to only make them really good for 
the people that have played these games and then also bringing people into the gaming universe as well through those shows. Yeah. So, um, that guy not gonna Resident Evil it, <laughs> yeah. Please don't, it, yeah. If you're gonna do Resident Evil, just don't even bother because all they seem to do with Resident Evil is just how can we butcher this even more? Uh, and it looks like they're not trying to do that. There, everything seems positive. Um, they even put in there if you never played the game, you're gonna fall in love with the show and feel very much invited to play the games. We think this is gonna be huge. The Last of Us show has that feeling every time I watch one of the trailers. Um, so hopefully once we actually get footage of this, it's going to be pretty great, epic, and we're going to be wanting to watch it, you know? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we haven't really seen anything of the uh, Sony side for Horizon yet either. Um, you know, let's let's see what that is going to be, quite honestly. Right. Uh, because that's the one I'm interested in. Are the, is that going to follow the story for, you know, for for Horizon very closely? Or are they going to try to not really make that like the games? What are they going to do with that? We'll see. I mean, I'm not um, even making it yet. So, or, you know, there's almost nothing about it. Yeah, so. we, I mean, yeah, we don't even know who the, anything really about the cast or anything like that either. So, but, I mean, talk about bringing gaming experiences to another realm. Uh, we weren't, uh, we didn't do a show where we got to talk about Henry Cavill leaving a Superman. It's funny because he left The Witcher. We talked about him leaving at The Witcher. Then at the time that we didn't do a show, he was going to be Superman. Then James Gunn uh, got brought on to be like the head of the DC, you know, universe reboot, universe reboot. And then they basically aren't bringing back anybody that was part of that. Um, even The Rock, he came out today and said that Black Adam's not going to be part of the first right. run of whatever movies they're going to do. He said that, you know, they're not ruling out that he might come back later, but right now, you know, that's not in the plans. And then Henry Cavill made a, a statement saying he's not going to come back as Superman either. Uh, Gal Gadot's going to come back as Wonder Woman. Uh, and then but he is going to bring in uh, a Warhammer 40K uh, franchise to make films, TV series, and other content. Well, it's a TV uh, show on Amazon. Yeah. but Yeah, but it, I, mean, it, I think he also wants to make... Yeah. yeah. If, they, if he had enough of a budget, it might be interesting. But that's an expensive universe to screw around with. Yeah, I mean, but hey, if... If, if somebody wants to do it and he's a fan of the games, I mean, I don't think that that's... I, I'm going to give him a shot at doing it. Yeah. Right? You know? One, one quick, quick quick thing. Did you see The Rock's... Like, the thing about The Rock and not wanting to be in uh, Shazam 2? Really? I, I mean, it doesn't surprise me because apparently uh, he didn't want to... He didn't want to lose to Superman either. Yeah. But so, it's like... you're. Black Adam is a Shazam villain, like you idiot. Like he's not like the greatest character ever. And the fact they've made a Black Adam film in the first place is nuts. But it's like, yeah, you should be in Shazam too, because the the goal is to have you fight Shazam, not you dink around in your own stupid movies. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, I agree with that. He's he's supposed to like come in, but I guess you know because he's the Rock, he doesn't want to be yeah. losing. Uh, like and. And I, I, I get it that he's uh, trying to protect his 
his brand or whatever. But honestly, dude, people know that you know you're not the actual character, right? Like, um, I think he tries to put too much of himself in these things. The same thing happened with with the Fast and the Furious. Yeah, that worked out. Deal well. why that fall out with that, you know, he had a fallout from that because he just I, apparently doesn't want to look bad. And he, I mean, the Warhammer thing might be interesting. It, I guess it depends on where they take take it from the show. I mean, take it from the there's not really a story. I mean, there are novels and stuff, but there's not like an overarching like Warhammer 40k story, except for like the right. Horus heresy stuff. And that's kind of a nightmare to get into. So, so isn't there like uh comics or books well yeah but it's not there's not like a unit like it's not like a unifying like plot of warhammer 40k aside from like the you know the emperors and the chair and you know this other stuff and chaos reigns you know but yeah well um austin uh von cannon he you know actually used to write for us at the site he's a big warhammer player and he says he's stoked that Henry Cavill and is leading the charge for this. I mean, I I think that's great when you get some a celebrity in in the Hollywood world who's an actual fan of this, right. actually be able to get this greenlit for one. Because I mean, talk about like this is a neat a niche thing. I mean, even yeah, it, it's gonna be real funny though, because also Warhammer 40k is very male dominated, right. Uh, like all the space marines are men essentially, so it'll be interesting. The the PC crowd going like, why aren't there any women in the armor? It's like because there there aren't. <laughs> like, I, I mean, they might change that. Well, that's that's <laughs> so, what I mean. Yeah, yeah they're gonna yeah. they're gonna like really screw screw this up, like Starship Troopers. Yeah, I, I'm assuming they're they're gonna change that in order to make it a bit more, you know, in line with the 2020s uh, where you will have that uh, much to the complaints of people, I'm sure, but this is cool that it's happening. Uh, at least Henry Cavill's doing his own thing now, now that he is out of two big franchises. <laughs> I guess, I guess he didn't want to be bond. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I'm still hoping that Eldest Elba will eventually take the bond role, but I also understand him not wanting to sign on to something that could be like, 10 years of his life that he's stuck uh, yeah. to. I so. talked to Jens about Idris Elba for a second. I mean, he's a great actor. Don't get, don't, get, don't get me wrong. He's a terrible movie star. He's a great TV star. Not a great movie star. <laughs> yeah. Uh, great in commercials. Uh, I'm sure he's going to do great in that Phantom Liberty DLC for Cyberpunk. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. I, outside of uh, his role in Thor... I think people, like, has he, but I think it's also not necessarily his fault. I mean. No, like he picks the, bad, or he picks bad, bad movies. I mean, that's a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would say that's more the thing of, it's not necessarily his fault. It's that the movies wind up not being great. So. Yeah. He kind of suffers on that. And I guess to, well, this kind of ties into the Game Awards as well, before we go too far from that, because. Uh, there was a reveal of a Bayonetta Origins uh, game that's going to come out like early next year. Yeah, which uh, that was surprising. I think like if we if uh, we knew anything about if people knew anything about it, nobody was talking about it at all. So this was definitely a surprise when they announced this uh, 
Bayonetta Origins game. And then, you know, you have uh, that it's like in a different art style. It looks more like it's out of almost like a, a children's book. It looks like um, Okami, kind of. Yeah, it looked a lot like Okami, that too. And yeah, I mean, I'm interested in playing it. But then this kind of led to like, okay, where are we going with this? Is there going to be more of these? And uh, Hideki Kamiya basically came out and said, I don't want Bayonetta to ever end. I'm I'm going to pitch a Bayonetta 4, 5, and 6 to Nintendo. Uh, I'm going to be doing more Bayonetta stories. Um, well, like, hopefully they, hopefully they <laughs> run better and aren't as all over well, the place. Well, I mean, Bayonetta if they're 3. on the Switch, <laughs> then there's not a whole lot he can really do there. But um, I mean, what do you think about this? Like, just could Bayonetta really have like its own universe? Where you have car- games that are about the side characters and stuff like that, I, and I don't think so. Like, I mean, this is a prequel, I get prequel, so maybe that's interesting enough. But like, <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, when they I'm... tried. It's like when they tried to make like Devil Devil May Cry spinoff in like Virgil or you know Dante's son or not. Right, I think it was his son. It's like who cares? Yeah, I mean, I think this is obviously it's going to be interesting because it's. A prequel, a kind of origin to Bayonetta story, but yeah, when you start branching out to the side of characters stuff like that, I think you're gonna start getting diminishing returns. Um, could there be a Bayonetta four, five, and six? Sure, there could, but and he better start. He better hope that the Switch has uh, whatever the Switch Two is or the next Nintendo system is has a lot better. Uh, hardware in it so it can yeah run that better um just to before we go too far from because we were talking about that for uh warhammer 40k thing as well austin had a kind of retort to what you said that the lore is all over the place it's got a giant linear story but it's all war battles here battles there it allows freedom for storytelling if it's in the 40k setting it'll be after the horse heresy so plenty of marine chapters to pick from Rumor is that he's playing an ultramarine. So, and he does say that there are female ace, ace theories and battle sisters. So, I only know it from the games, and they're yeah. all men in that. So, yeah. Well, I mean, except like I like, said, there's a lot of lore there, except for like pilots and shit like that, which doesn't count. <laughs> right. But, I mean, there is going to be, uh, that's going to be interesting. He's got plenty of universe uh, to go through. Uh, he knows. that story so he's gonna know what he wants to showcase in that Um, so that's what's cool about having a fan embrace that but is he gonna get the studios to go for that that's the thing is whoever's gonna be doing the tv show uh with amazon are they gonna give him carte blanche to kind of just all right you run the show whatever or is he gonna have to make a lot of sacrifices and right yeah I think that's going to be the telling thing on how good that one's. Up. How much is he going to have to, you know, deal with that? So, yeah. one of the stories that did come out of the Game Awards, um, and this is going to start a whole run of talking about Microsoft here. I was trying to put it off as much as possible because it also ties into the freaking Activision Blizzard uh, acquisition thing that seems like we're never going to stop getting stories about. Uh, Microsoft was basically, or Xbox, was basically aside from commercials for Game Pass and the fact that Phil Spencer and Sarah Baum were there 
uh, non-existent at the Game Awards. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Um, <laughs> they didn't show anything. I mean, it, yeah, they, they even, showed they nothing. Even, yeah, they didn't even try. <laughs> um, there's a lot of thought that maybe they're just making themselves look like the, they suck, so they can get this merger through. The the well, maybe yeah, yeah. That, that might be valid, but like the funniest thing was like that high on life game came out like last Tuesday and they should have had a fucking trailer at the game awards going like, Hey, this game is out in three days or four days. Like it, it got released and like no one played or like no one even knew, knew about it. Like I thought it was going to be out like next year sometime in like June or something, but like it's out now. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. I knew it was coming, but I agree with you. The like <laughs> suddenness of which it would just dropped was like, Oh, it's out now. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it's like, oh, you have yeah. a give a big game award show thing. Maybe show a trailer and say out Tuesday or you know. Yeah, even that. that, like it and it's not your game, right? It's it's a third party, like basically like at the most, if not indie, like maybe you can call it double A game. Yeah. It wouldn't affect you in the in the acquisition talks or whatever to have at least that and say, hey. Uh, December 12th is out, you know, go play it. Um, I have it downloaded. I haven't been able to play it yet, so I can't give my thoughts on it, but the general consensus is that it's not the best game. It's a wonderful, like, uh, entertainment thing. It's funny. Uh, if you like Rick and Morty, you're going to love this. I've heard it's only if you like Rick and Morty. Yeah, but it's not, um, as a game, it's very basic. It's not something that's yeah. going to knock your socks off gameplay-wise. Uh, you're basically getting through the game to get to the next comedic bit. Uh, apparently, there's like full-on movies that they made that you can watch inside the game, which is kind of astonishing in itself. Um, you know, so that's cool. And the, it's on Game Pass, so I, I can just try it out, and if it doesn't roll with me, I can keep playing some of the things that I'm playing that we'll talk about in, in a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, and High Life is apparently doing extremely well also, even without the help of Microsoft giving it a lot of advertisements. It's the biggest launch of 2022, which to be fair, considering how this has not been one of the better years for Game Pass, this has not been a year where you've had a huge slate of third-party um, you know, big third-party grabs by Microsoft that are showing up on here. Uh, once, you know, they had the Rainbow Six Extraction at the beginning of the year, and then after that, they were really quiet. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, I think, again, uh, Sony is obviously playing a hand in this, that they are trying to prevent this from happening as much as possible. Um, I mean, obviously, they're also not going to really promote MLB The Show doing amazing because that's a Sony game, actually. And so the fact that High on Life is their biggest launch and biggest third-party Game Pass launch of all time, that's impressive. It, the biggest third-party Game Pass launch of all time, that's impressive. The biggest launch of 2022 is not really that impressive when you look at Microsoft had no first-party, no big first-party AAA games. They had Pentiment. Grounded finally got off uh, game preview. And Pentiment's a great game in, in its own right, based off of reviews. I haven't played that yet either. But it, you know, I don't know that it's this huge accomplishment that they're obviously trying to make it seem like. 
Right. Um, but it's still cool that people are playing it. It's I think it's second right now in the most played games on Game Pass. Um, so that's positive. It doesn't have the like greatest of scores, like I said, because it's really an experience more than a game. So it's perfect for Game Pass. You can try it out. It doesn't vibe with you. Then you stop playing it. You move on to something else. I think if you're like asking people to purchase it, that's where you run into an issue. Yep. And just one thing, another thing, since we're on this uh, talking about Game Pass here, uh, there's thoughts on uh, thoughts from Microsoft about that they may have a ad supported tier of Game Pass. Uh, we've known about the possible that they could have a cloud only tier that's kind of been thrown around for a while, but obviously Microsoft would have to beef up the cloud service right now. It's not as good as it's serviceable. It works if you just want to play the game. But I think even if you try to put it on TVs right now, it's not great because it's only hit 720p, I think, um, which isn't great for, you know, playing on your big TV. That's cool for the Switch, but not when you're trying to play big games like the, what the Xbox has. And, you know, I think they need to improve that. But could they do an ad-supported tier that I don't know what you take out of it? Do you not have PC Game Pass? or Every half uh, hour, you just watch a commercial? Well, I mean, yeah. I'm assuming it would be when you first start up the game. Uh, anytime you go back to the home menu to switch out games, uh, it would play an ad or something like that. I don't have a problem with that because as somebody that tries to save as much money as possible with these streaming services anytime, except Netflix that is totally butchering their ad-supported thing. Like, I don't know why Netflix can't just have an ad-supported tier for every single one of their tiers instead of let's like totally downgrade everything just to have an ad-supported tier. That seems... but They're trying to make you spend money. Like, it's not... <laughs> It's not rocket science here. <laughs> well, no, what I'm saying, like, okay, why not? Why not give me like save me a little bit, like Hulu does, or like Disney does, right? You save a little bit, and you get ads. So I'm getting your ads, which are helping you pay for this as well, and you're saving me money. Not the Netflix thing where you're like downgrading what I get. To to have your ads, that's because net, like they have the metrics that ads don't actually work that well, so they're going to get more ads later on. So why not? <laughs> yeah, it's, but like it does. I've just learned to like live with the ads, so it doesn't bother me if they introduce something where it's like, uh, you know, Game Pass for consoles only, and it's got ads or something. Uh, but I, I get the ultimate because I like having the piece and the cloud stuff. So it's gonna be like that one scene yeah. in Ready Player One where it's like they try to introduce ads in the in that thing, and it's like, oh, we have 23 percent of the screen is actually usable, and the other sixty seven percent is just all ads. <laughs> it, yeah. <laughs> um, and and just to bring up something that Austin says uh, in a comment here, since we're talking about. Uh, we're about to bring up the whole next stuff in the merger. Uh, Sony is uh, Sifu is not exclusive uh, to to uh, PlayStation. It's yeah. already it's already out on Switch and it's been out on PC. Um, that it's coming to Xbox or well, I think it's coming to PC and Xbox at the same time. 
but that it's coming to Xbox is really not has nothing to do with Sony. Sony just played for time of exclusivity is what happened probably. And then they they let Nintendo have it first because Nintendo doesn't compete with them. As Sony has said many times in this whole fight with Microsoft is that basically Nintendo is on its own little island and they admitted that and and they're not competing with Microsoft whereas Microsoft's trying to bring in Nintendo and say, "Hey, look, they are competition as well and they seem to exist fine without any of this stuff." So, you know, I don't know what Sony's problem is, but the newest thing here for the the merger that we haven't really talked about yet is I think we hinted that this could happen, but it has officially happened that the FTC is they're not trying to completely derail the deal, but they're blocking it to try to get Microsoft to make concessions, which still seems like we're trying to protect Sony's market leadership instead of actually protecting the the gamers, but whatever. Well, the uh, gamers some gamers are suing Microsoft to stop the deal, so case in point. <laughs> right, but that's not gonna um hold water. The FTC basically is you know trying to stop it they you know we we've all they've all gone through the cma is doing it the eu is doing even though the eu and the cma are actually going a bit backwards on it and in fact the eu has sent out uh documents to i think over a hundred devs trying to ask them what they think is going to happen so that's interesting um the FCC basically just wants Microsoft to make concessions here for Call of Duty and and anything else. And Microsoft's already trying to do that. They've they've uh, offered that ten year deal to Sony, Nintendo, and and Steam already signed theirs. Actually, if this deal goes through, Sony still has not. And now they're even offering Call of Duty is going to be available to be on PlayStation Plus. I mean, what do you think about this? Like the fact that hey, this is one of Jim Ryan's big deals, right? He doesn't want Call of Duty going on Game Pass. And then the only option that Sony has is that, oh, yeah, on PlayStation, you got to pay 70 bucks. So now you you could technically get the PS Plus service and also get Call of Duty. Do you think this makes it fair then? I mean, it depends on, like, with PS Plus, it's only on there for like a month. With, game, you know, Game Pass, it's theoretically year-round or forever. Right, yeah, because it would be a Microsoft product at that point. So technically, yes, it would not come off the service. Yeah, yeah, and and if it would just be like the, you know, the free to play stuff or like the whole game or just the multiplayer part. Yeah, I I would imagine it would have to be the whole game. Like I don't think that they would just they would go for only the campaign is on PlayStation Plus, and you got to buy the multiplayer. No, I think it'd be the other way around. It'd be multiplayer on on. PS Plus, and you have to if you want the campaign, you gotta you gotta go buy it. It's fine because you know, no one, not not a ton of Call of Duty players care about the campaign. So, I mean, you're right about that, but I think also like I th- that would just kind of defeat the whole purpose here of trying to say that you're you're giving them the same version on PS Plus that you're gonna have on Game Pass, and then you do that. So, yeah, I don't know, I. I think this is good that Microsoft's doing these concessions um, just so they can get the deal through. I'm not a big fan of what they did, not showing up at the Game Awards and trying to make it seem like they don't have... Like, Fable is your game. You've had that forever. Um, Frozen Motorsport is yours. 
that you don't show off anything from Activision Blizzard or you don't show off even stuff from like things that you've recently acquired. I kind of get it, but you have games development that those are your games. So why couldn't you show a trailer for something like or that? They can, they can yeah. finally announce a brute force too. Yeah. I mean, it's just like the fact that they just show nothing yeah. is, is very disconcerting when Nintendo has stuff they're showing. Sony has oh. things they're showing. I mean, also it's not like, I mean, I guess one reason might be like, it's not like Microsoft won big at this thing except for anything. I mean, no, no, they didn't have it. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, they, but Phil Spencer and Sarah Bond was still there. I mean, right. so that's the thing. It's and, like, you, you and it was at the Microsoft Theater, which is pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just the fact that you don't have anything there is insane to me. And it's like, I think it's really is, as some folks are pointing it out, you know, it's a slap in the face to the gamers that they only have your console. And you keep telling them, oh, next year is going to be the year. And then, dude, I mean, I get it if you don't want to show anything like, oh, red, I don't want to show Redfall. Or I don't want to show Starfield because... Those are gonna light the fire for the the whole FTC and all that stuff because oh that's from Bethesda and those are exclusive and look what they did look what they did well I mean you have other games that don't fall under that banner so I, I just don't so how long are you gonna make everybody wait to like never show anything for your games while you're waiting for this thing to go through because this thing may not go through till the end of next year either. That's the shadow, so, shadow, shadow releases that'll drop it. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, like, oh, Starfield's out, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, like, oh, hey guys, uh, Starfield, it's there, you know? Uh, like, go play it on Game Pass. Like, oh, damn, okay. Um, they're saying you don't have to wait too long, but even if you're showing it in January, it's just, it's still disappointing. It's still very disappointing that, you know, you don't show anything at, one of the biggest places to show uh, announcements or whatever at all. Yeah. So uh, moving on from uh, that stuff. Uh, hey, finally, Mark, I know you probably don't care about this, but I am very happy that we finally get these Final Fantasy Pixel remasters coming to Switch and PS4. Um, I'm glad I waited and didn't just buy them on PC. I knew this would happen eventually, but damn. What is this, like two years after the fact? Uh, spring 2023, you can buy Final Fantasy 1 through 6 as a bundle for $75. Uh, you can buy a physical collector's edition for $260, uh, which that's, includes... That's one you're getting, right? No, I'm not getting <laughs> that. Uh, the only thing I'm splurging on is that uh, Theater Rhythm Final Bar. Yeah, the, yeah, the big thing. one. Which is still physical. Uh, it's still only digital, I think. It's not physical. So. Yeah, but it's still at least you're getting all those songs, which to me that's worth it or whatever. But like, so here's what you get in this: you get physical versions actually of one through six, uh, the anniversary edition goods box, a bonus lenticular sleeve for the game package, a two disc vinyl record set featuring newly arranged game music with exclusive cover artwork. Uh, a specially compiled art book showcasing beautiful character pixel art and eight stylized pixel art character figures and window packaging. Uh, well, that's that's a lot of stuff. I guess that's oh, definitely worth $260. I would say it's not worth $260, but... 
What do I know? <laughs> so, I, what do you think about? Do you think seventy five dollars is fair for uh, the whole six game bundle? Not really. I'd say seventy. Seventy five is a little weird. Uh, I mean, to be fair, I think they said that on when they first came out on PC, it was ninety dollars for the whole. But bundle. They sell, did they sell them as a bundle or just separately? No, you can buy them separately as well. Yeah. So it would technically be like what, like twelve bucks a right. game. So that's not too bad. Uh, twelve bucks a game. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, you're not getting any kind of uh, deal if you buy them all together, which that kind of sucks. I think you know they could have lowered it to sixty or something for all six and save you some money there. Like essentially, like get one free or something. Well, that's but, like those Mega Man collections, you know, you get a whole bunch of those for. Like forty bucks. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, number one, three of them are, are NES games. Yeah. Uh, now, now to be fair, like the the latter three are like three of the best RPGs ever made. But you know, still, you're also including three NES games in there. Um, and you're gonna tell me that it's it's not you couldn't let people save a little bit of money on on buying the whole bundle, but it's still it's not bad to. If you want to own it all, you can. If you want to just buy four, five, and six, which I definitely think you should definitely buy at least four, five, and six, um, because those are awesome, amazing RPGs that everybody should play if you're a RPG fan. But yeah, I, I'm just glad that they're finally coming, especially on Switch. Uh, I can have them portably and play them whenever I want. So yes, thank you, Square, for finally doing something you should have done from the beginning. But whatever, you just, did just it. Buy, so. Just buy a scheme deck. You'll be all set. Yeah, but as we'll talk about, I enjoy having things on my Switch and not paying a bunch of money for Steam Deck stuff. Uh, yeah, let's talk about some people leaving and some people returning to various job posts here. Uh. Daniel Allegre, who served as Activision Blizzard's COO since 2020, is going to be leaving next year for a blockchain company, Yuga Labs. Uh, they're behind the Board a- uh, Board Ape Yacht Club NFTs. Good luck with that. Uh, yeah, I'm sure that won't fold in six months. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who knows who's going to stay on anyway after... When, if Activision Blizzard finally gets acquired by Microsoft, so he's probably just hedging his bets to go somewhere else. I don't know enough about the guy, but the fact that he's been in that role since 2020, and that seems to be since when Activision Blizzard got worse, uh, if not for longer than that, I would say maybe he's not done a great job. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you have any comment. Not really. Uh, I, I, I don't, don't care as long as, yeah, you know. The CEO is not. The CEO is not important. It's when it's when Bobby gets out of there. Exactly. Uh, which hopefully, as soon as that deal goes through, he is gone. Um, well, they uh, said Chris, he's not, but yeah. Well, they said he's not because they have to say that right now. But I'm pretty sure he probably is going to be. Uh I think Phil Spencer's kind of made that a thing that he's he is not going to deal with them uh, much. So Chris Metzen, who did leave Blizzard in 2016, he said he was retiring from the company, is actually coming back as yep. the general man um, as uh, John Hyde, the general manager of Warcraft now. So he's going to come back as a creative advisor, which that's cool. 
Um, he will be focusing initially on World of Warcraft and then obviously going on to other things. Um, I mean, yeah, Metzen's been, was yeah. around for a while. Yeah. So he's one of the big like Warcraft lore guys. So right. this is probably good because like Warcraft lore is right now is pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, that's cool that he's he is coming back. That's good for for you know you that play WoW. Hopefully, it does improve. Yeah, uh, and and he can you know add things to how it goes moving forward as well. Uh, John Carmack, who he has been in video games for a long time, um, is leaving Meta, and he's that would basically yeah he has nothing but good things to say about it. <laughs> yeah, um, he was a. Uh, Consulting CTO for Meta's VR projects, and you know he did not have nice things to say about He sounded really burnt out about that the whole metaverse thing, which is valid because no one wants. Right, that. a lot of people except seem for, to be yeah, except for the insane not, CEO of Facebook wants it, and that's about it. Yeah. And it's like no, we have no a one... ridiculous amount of people and resources will be constantly self sabotaging, squander effort. There is no way to sugarcoat this. I think our organization is operating at half the effectiveness that would make me happy. Yeah. Yikes. I mean, he says he's done with VR, but I'm sure he'll he'll go to PSVR or HTC eventually. <laughs> yeah, that's just not that's not good though. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I mean, I just don't envision ever what what's his name Zuckerberg Zuckerberg wants for those like. I mean, no, nobody wants to go to an office and have the headsets on them all day long. Like he, no, he literally yeah. wanted to be like Ready Player One. I mean, the Oasis. No, no, man, and, no, no. Every time, look, I like Ready Player One. I've read both the books. I've watched the movie. It's not great, but whatever. Um, I like that series. I like that world. I don't want to live in it. Yeah, like, I don't think most people want to live in that. It's just that's. That's one of those things like, okay, it's cool to say we got there and whatever, but nah, man, just just stop. Please stop having this this idea that we all want that. We don't. In fact, that would be very frightening and scary that if we ever accepted to get to that place in the world. So, no. But, um, yeah, I agree with you. John Carmack's probably going to go some other uh, thing there. Or not. I mean, he could just get out the goal, right? You did eventually. Right. Let's see. Screw it. Yeah, you definitely could uh, do that as well. I, I forgot to mention this when we were talking about Amazon earlier, but this is kind of surprising, though. They are working on publishing, and they're they're working with Embracer Group to publish the new Tomb Raider game. Yep. So it's not going to be Embracer Group publishing or just picking a publisher out of the, one of their hats or whatever. Um, it will be built alongside Amazon from development all the way through publishing, according to a press release. Uh, it's going to be single-player narrative-driven adventure that continues the cross story from the previous games. That's going to be interesting how they're going to do that. It includes all the elements that have made Tomb Raider one of the most revered franchises in gaming, giving players control of the confident multidimensional hero Lara Croft, and blah, 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 blah. Uh, okay. I, I mean, Amazon's been improving their video game... Output, I mean. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of people liked uh, what was New World, uh, yeah. for a while, for a little while, and then I think it kind of fell off. But Lost Ark is still doing pretty well, yeah. So, you know, hey, I have trust that they could do well, 
Yeah. I, I, you know, right now, Embracer doing anything with one of the big franchises is not going so well. So, I mean, at least it's still like the original <laughs> team is still doing it or Crystal Dynamics. So. Yeah, Crystal Dynamics is. I mean, and uh, it's going to be interesting how they continue that from the other games. I imagine well. it's going to be another re- like a hard reboot. You think so? Yeah. Because, like, the girl, the actress, Camilla Luddington, hasn't said, like, I'm back or, you know, anything like that. And she probably would have to say that. (laughs) Yeah. um, I could see them doing that just so that they don't have to be using a lot of the same actors and how we do this. And yeah, uh, they can kind of go their own way on that point. But I think Amazon will do okay with it. Yep. uh, For sure. You have uh, some stuff that's. Not, I guess one thing is tangentially related to video games. Uh, I don't know that we talked about Yuji Naka getting arrested before. No, he didn't. But um, he got popped like a month ago for insider trading. <laughs> yeah, he's getting so popped he, again for more insider trading. <laughs> that sucks. Um, so obviously, yeah, he did get popped for insider trading previously. Um, apparently, he has more insider trading based on. The now defunct Final Fantasy VII, the first soldier, which that's really uh, interesting that we are putting him in jail for that. Um, but yeah, apparently he, according to TVSI, he claimed that he was made aware that Square's plans to develop the game with a team prior to its official announcement. Uh, then he de- he purchased 120,000 shares on the company at a total price of $834,000. You know, before they announce anything. Ah, Yuji Naka. How far the mighty have fallen. That just sucks, man. Like, his overall time Square Enix was not great. And then, like, he just keeps getting arrested for things. Right. Yeah. It's like, not great. Ah, that sucks, man. Yep. One of the the great minds of video games. And this is what he's getting remembered for right now. For a while. I mean, yeah. Yeah, look, we all know Bono Wonderland, so it is what it is. Uh, something that's kind of near and dear to my heart. I I loved Ash from the you know first few seasons of the Pokemon anime. Obviously, he continued on for all these years as well. As, as the games kept coming, he kept being part of the series. Uh, he finally got to be the Pokemon champion recently. Uh, and now they have officially confirmed that he will have an ending. After 25 years, him and Pikachu will have an ending. Uh, the final 11-episode run is going to start January 13th. Uh, and then there will be a new show that starts with Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, the Paldea region. And they will have new protagonists, Rico, Rico and Roy. And we'll have to see when those episodes start airing that feature the Paldea region. But I'm probably going to... Gonna be a little sad once we see Astro Pikachu do that final wave into the sunset. Um, but I'm I'm glad to know that it's gonna have an ending. Not that it's like forever ongoing. Well, yeah, it's like, like that. It's like when Yu-Gi-Oh ended, or like the the main five season story arc ended, but they kept going on later on. <laughs> right. No, but I mean Yu-Gi-Oh. At least those were different, right? And it didn't really always feature Yugi. It had other people. Right. That's what um, this is also. I mean, though. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I, I I give them props because they could easily just keep going with with Ash. Right? It's only lasted um, twenty five years. <laughs> yeah, it's like what's another year or two, whatever. At this point, um, so but it's it's I'm glad that they're like you could technically end. Um, so 
And and you are going to see, you know, Misty and Brock come back. And then I, they've already shown, I think, that Butterfree's going to reunite with him. And uh, I know Pikachu and all that. So that's cool. Uh, I'll be happy to watch that eventually. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So let's get on to what we have been playing here. Uh, I guess we can start with the game that we've both been playing. Uh, Crisis Core. Final Fantasy VII Reunion. Yeah, uh, how far are you in it? Um, so I am in Chapter 5. Okay. I I uh, was in Chapter 5, and then I basically like almost restarted the entire game. Wow. Uh, because there are ways to really break the game from the DMW and, like, certain... Like, I'm trying to, like, break the character or break Zach to, like, be god dear. And, yeah. <laughs> um... I've kind of just done that with doing a bunch of the little mini missions. Right. Um, that's what I've been doing, and then basically, I mean, any time, yeah. You didn't play. You didn't play Crisis Core on PSP, right? No, I didn't. So, so yeah. I mean, what do you think of the game? Or I, I think it's. You know, I haven't finished it. Obviously, I've heard that the ending is apparently the the most memorable part of the game. the The story is is kind of like okay um i like just knowing that there's another side of sephiroth that we don't see in final fantasy 7 like i like that there's you mean where he actually has depth well yeah but i'm just saying like (laughs) there's a backstory to sephiroth right yeah uh you know um i like zach as a character for the most part they um the, the one criticism i have of this thing is they replaced all the voice actors Right, and, and with most the of them sound remake guys. Uh no, I thought that's what they said. They put it was with the remake oh. voice actors. Well, I mean, they replaced everyone, and they they didn't keep like. I mean, there are characters like Angel and Genesis that show you know that are in this game that aren't in Seven Seven Remake. Right, well, yeah, them also. obviously. But the guy that got doing Zach is terrible. <laughs> just know, I, mean, I can't vouch for that. Just know I don't he think was much he better. Great. <laughs> yeah, like. Yeah. And the original Seven game or Crisis Score, rather, like he's much more of like the energetic puppy that like Angel makes fun of him for. Like he's way more energetic, and this in this one he just kind of really falls flat. So they try to make him a little bit more like between the original character and Cloud. Yeah, which hey, uh, guess who shows up eventually? <laughs> well, yeah, I think we all know that Cloud eventually <laughs> is there with him. I think. If you know anything about Final, if you played a little bit of Final Fantasy VII, I think you, yeah. you would know that. Um, so, yeah, I th- I think uh, the gameplay is fun, uh, and that's the thing is, um, this was obviously meant to be played in short bursts. It was on PSP, right? So the chapters are like an hour or so long. The there's mini missions that you do that you can get items that you would that you'll eventually get in the game by fusing materia or um or just finding it throughout the story but like because i've done so many of these mini missions i already have like all the augas uh which that breaks the game by itself like when you get all the the auga level spells no 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 trust me there's weight way further ways to break that game <laughs> well but i'm already ha- like having no problem getting through oh yeah uh the story missions 
and then once you start doing like the i think it's like the mission 10 like because the mission structure is like one one dash one dash one or like four right you know the main mission is four the subheading is two and like the the mission is like number three or whatever like there are some missions in the game that are really screwed up uh but yeah for like the most like the easy stuff is like yeah it's really approachable yeah and i it looks a lot they did a great job in in redoing the graphics so that it would look a lot more like final fantasy 7 remake you know the ui looks very similar um the you'll tell the difference because they they kept the pre-rendered cutscenes, so those uh, look really bad compared yeah to the, they kept yeah. the only two i noticed were the intro is bad like holy crap and yeah, the intro the, <laughs> the uh angeal genesis sephiroth fight like is not great looking <laughs> like it doesn't look as bad no but yeah. holy hell but no, like they the said t- that anything that's in engine like the that stuff they kept it all from the PSP. No, because so. the summons are different. The summons. Well, the summons, is... yes, the summons. Yeah, but the ones with the actual characters, that's from the PSP. Oh, yeah. so it looks weird. Um, I'm playing it on Switch. Yeah. Uh, it it runs really well. I haven't had one slowdown. I, I, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it's obviously not running at sixty. It's running at thirty, but it still runs really well. Uh, I mean. I'm. I don't know if the characters are gonna look that much better on PS5. No, but yeah, it, I, I'm having fun just be playing the game. Like the, the gameplay is fun. Like, yeah. um, I it's don't. Like, that's the fun part to me. It's like weirdly addicting, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I keep doing those missions over, over and over and over. I mean, uh, it, because it, they are so quick. Yeah, it helps. Yeah, it helps that the missions only take like two or three minutes, or you know, it depends on how. How much you want to go hunting around for crap? But yeah, but because it like I have gotten to that part where it's like, oh, I think I'm just gonna leave it. I got two of the items, and then the la- the two that I wasn't gonna get, that's where I actually got something that's useful. So it's like, yeah. God damn it, I can't just leave this box here because it might actually be something that I might actually use. Right. Um, but no, I I like the fusing material things neat. Uh, I like the fact that you, anytime you meet a character, they get added to the DMW. The DMW doesn't really mess with you. It's actually really just there to kind of like help you and give you random crap. Like you'll randomly get, uh, oh, no, zero MP. So yeah. Yeah. Although I I do, the only, the only thing is I do kind of wish it was in more of like a level uh, structure. Yeah, I, I do like because the gaining levels is random too. That's also part of the DMW. I, so it's like nah. it, it is slightly random. Like like there is kind of like an invisible experience counter, like that's yeah. always kind of running. But I mean, that's one of the ways you can kind of break the DMW in a sense. But yeah, so there's kind of a more, at least with that, like a more traditional level structure. That be yeah, and I mean I don't know if that has to do with because I've done so many of the missions, uh, the side missions that like I'm at level twenty nine or something like that. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you just play through the story, if you'll be still at level twenty nine. Uh, uh, I mean, you gain some. It, like you, yeah. there are some. Like I think I finished the PSP one at like forty, or maybe like fifty. Yeah. Uh, I've, it's been a long time though. Yeah, I, I think that it's not necessarily because uh, I've heard that they don't change anything. It's they left the game as is. So right, it's basically like. This I mean, is, is the same thing like Final Fantasy VII. Like, we gave you the game the way it was so you can play it because get ready because I'm sure Rebirth is going to just 
flip all that crap on its head. So, yeah. uh, but I'm excited to get through the rest of the game and the ending that everybody talks about. And then uh, we'll good. see what Rebirth does when we, yeah. we get to it. I mean, I think some of the later chapters are pretty short too, but I, I know like chapter nine is pretty long uh, yeah. because they want you to like go through every, you know, do all the missions if you can. Right. Good. Good luck with that secret boss, by the way. <laughs> We'll see. Um, I only paid 30 bucks for it because I didn't realize that I had all these uh, points and then, you know, having money in my wallet, I also didn't know about it for the Switch. So that was yeah, cool. I got, I got it for 50 yeah. and I'm like, I got the steel books. So I'm happy. A lot I of think uh, it's definitely something that, you know, since we're going to be waiting so long for Rebirth, I don't know yeah. if you need to rush out and get it right now. You could wait for it to go on a sale in the middle of the year. Uh, and play it then, but I do think you should play it uh, before Rebirth, obviously. And if you haven't played Final Fantasy VII at all, this is not the game to start with. I think you should at least play Seven, the original, or Seven uh, Remake. I actually think that's kind of the. Uh, I would actually say the opposite. Like if you never played Final Fantasy VII, this is kind of a good starting zone because it explains yeah, but you, fucking Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> It does, but like I think it's better to like have the context of seven and then go back and be like, oh wow, you get to know all this stuff and not just like go from here to seven. I don't know. That's just my thought. From the one, the one kind of funny thing in Crisis Core is like I like how they explain a bunch of stuff that's not in seven at all. Like right, Cisne is not in seven. Like in yep. any, you know, in anything, and like she's a great character. I think, uh, or like. Uh, what's his name? Sang is not like not in. I mean, he's in Final Fantasy VII, mm-hmm. but he's like barely a character. <laughs> yeah, the other ones are in it more. Uh, Rude and Reno. Uh, yeah, Reno. Yeah. So, or like how it's funny in Crisis Core how prevalent uh, cell phones are. Yes. Well, it's and the like, old like '90s cell phones though, like the flip phones. Yeah, but like, like they're not even a factor in like Final Fantasy VII. It's so yeah. so funny. Um. Uh, yeah, and I, I, I think, and if you're a big Sephiroth fan, I think you're gonna, you're gonna like this because again, you get more context uh, to Sephiroth yeah. as well. Yep. Um, but yeah, uh, I've also, I don't yeah, know. But, you want to go ahead and? Well, you we both played that Forspoken uh, demo. I mean, what do you think of that? Um, it felt kind of clunky. Ah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. The like, the way you do the magic spells is like really clunky. Like, I wasn't a big fan of the. Okay, I got to hit R1 to change it, and then R2 to hold it, and then if you want to do a quick blast, it doesn't always work like that, and then there's the other spells that are on L1, and it's like, it's like too much. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I, I guess I kind of got used to it, but like, that's a that's a weird game to demo, because they just kind of throw you into it. <laughs> yeah, they do kind of just throw you into it, and then the, the like parkour stuff, the like getting around is fun. Uh, and like I like dodging around and all that stuff is her and uh, but I don't know the the magic stuff was kind of cumbersome a little bit um, and then like the the waypoints there was like way too much yeah. they had like put all five missions there in the front like there where you could see them and it's like why not just do one at a time and, uh, well um, it makes me think that the game the whole thing is just gonna be like open world you know almost like uh, Final Fantasy 15 or something. Yeah, well, makes sense. That's where that <laughs> the yeah. studios uh from. But uh, yeah. I mean you can talk about chained echoes and then I'll talk about my crap. <laughs> yeah, I've 
I really liked uh, Chain Echoes a lot. Um, it's on Game Pass, so you can play it there, or you can uh, play it on any of the systems as well, or play it on Switch or whatever. But um, it's a uh, pixel art, like it looks like it could be a SNES game, basically, and it feels very. Uh, it's old school JRPG goodness, turn-based battles, all that stuff. So if you've been missing a game like that, this is definitely one to check out. Uh, so there's a little bit of like you play different stories and they eventually just all combine into one uh, to go on to like the main quest, which is interesting. Um, I'm still probably pretty early in. I don't know how long this game is, to be fair. Uh, I love the battle system, though. I think it's very interesting that you have this bar that you have to, like, kind of fiddle with while you do attacks. Like, you you have to constantly watching it because they have this first part of the bar, which is, like, you're, like, pre-get-to-everything. Then this middle part of the bar, which they call the overdrive, which is where you want to be in. And then they have the the red part of the bar, which you don't want to get in because if you do, the enemies will be a lot more powerful and be able to hurt you more with their attacks and everything. Um, I just was really impressed with how they make that work. Uh, there's a lot of characters on, there's a, well, there's supposed to be eight eventually, but you can have a party of four um, in there at one time and then you can switch out the parties, uh, the, characters whenever you want yeah which that's pretty neat as well as i mean as long as they're not staggered or dead uh you can do that which i think again this was uh really well done on their part um i it controls really well they move around really fast it feels smooth um you have different the way you level up attacks is interesting as well so like you have like your actual attacks like skills then you have like support abilities and then you have um, some other abilities. And so you get like stars eventually uh, for each character and you can then decide what moves and attacks you want to do or, or want to gain. And then you can go through and depending on how many of those attacks you get, then you go to a next system where you get more stuff. So, um, isn't it funny in uh, Crisis Core how they have that like reward system at the end of battles that they introduce again like, in chapter five? <laughs> yes, the oh, well, when he gets uh, as part of becoming uh, first, first class, yeah, first class, it like grades you on how well you do on your battle, but then and... it gives you like oh, AP or MP, you know, it's like this would have been helpful, yeah, in chapter that, two. <laughs> well, I know I agree with you there that it would be helpful in chapter two, but. It, it makes sense that because he's first, now you get this. And it yeah. really does help because when you do have those like overpowered spells, you can just knock out the whole uh, everybody on screen. And then you can get, um, you can like get 40 you, points for your MP. Yeah, you get your, you get your MP back from doing the one spell or two spells. Exactly. You get 40% back. So, so you don't have to. I mean, but it, honestly, you get so much money in that game that. You can just rebuy all the ethers and the potions and all that stuff that you want. You don't even have to really worry about that. <laughs> no, trust uh, me. Uh, there's some stuff that are that is expensive that you will need to buy, like the Genji. Oh, later. Okay. I think there's, there's a whole armor set called the Genji set, which is like game breaking. Oh, okay, uh, okay. Like intentionally, and like one of them is like 
it needs a million gil to buy. Well, I, to be fair, I'm not playing on hard mode. I'm playing on normal. No, no. So no yeah. Okay. But yeah, uh, I've really been enjoying Chain Echoes. Uh, that's what I was playing mostly tonight. I was trying to... High on Life was taking, for some reason, way too long to download, so I didn't get to try that. I played that Forspoken demo, and then I got stuck on playing more Chain Echoes before we started. I was going to try to do at least another chapter of Crisis Core, but then I got hooked on that, so... Yeah, definitely. If you're a big fan of old school RPG, you know, JRPGs, I would definitely give this a shot, especially if you have a Game Pass. Why not? Yeah. All right. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, my stuff. I I played The Witcher 3 on PS5. Uh, okay. It's all right. You know, it's what you expect. <laughs> yeah. Does it look, does it look better? Or... Uh, yeah. I mean, it still kind of runs the same. Maybe I can run like a, like a hair faster, but it's still good. Yeah. It's like it still takes it's still like way too long in like meandering, you know. And it's funny because like the game is like when you first booted it up, it's like, oh, we included a, like several fan made mods in the game, but it doesn't tell you what they are. Like, okay, and I have no idea. Like, like I guess some stuff is a little different than I remember, but that was like you know five years or that was eight years ago. So, but yeah, it's still all right. Uh, me and Yen's played House of Ashes. It's one of those dark anthology games. Uh, okay, <laughs> like we didn't have a great run because I well, of the five main characters two died, <laughs> and they oh, were actually kind of my fault, <laughs> at least with both. Uh, so we're gonna replay it again. We we started replaying it with the, the opposite character, uh, and we're gonna hopefully like survive, you know, have everyone survive. Um, I yeah, don't played games. the other ones. We played before. the first one that Man of Medan. That was like not as good. Like this is a little better at least. I just don't like the main actress. It's actually Tisdale, and she seems very oh, okay. It, yeah. It's very High improbable. <laughs> yeah, and she and like in this game, she's like military. Like she's like in in Iraq, like military translator or whatever. And I was like, this is a little improbable, but okay. <laughs> it, yeah, considering the role, the other roles she has done, uh, I agree with you. I wouldn't believe that. Yeah. Uh, while it's still fine, I got like two weeks left in the subscription, so I got to start doing the reviews. Like, there's a real lack of content in that game, at least for, for right now. Because <laughs> it's like, yeah, oh, you're telling me about that. Yeah, it's like you need to get your reputation up in these four uh, factions to get progress the story. And it's like, yo, I've done everything I can, or at least most everything I can, and I can't go any higher. <laughs> I mean, I guess there are ways to grind, really grind it out, but. I'm not going to waste my life doing that. Like, oh, you can turn in these things that gives you, like, these, you know, treasures gives you 15 reputation points at a time. It's like, woo. I, I only need 2,500 more points to get to the next level. So, you know, do yeah, the math. <laughs> you know. So, like, you did everything already? And... I've done, I haven't done everything, but I've done, like, 90% of everything. <laughs> or, you know, uh, at least it's the main quest line stuff. And it, it's like, they finally introduced daily quests, and that that does help, but they don't. Unlike with like past games, they don't really repeat the next day, or they do a, like some do, but not not a ton. So I said, all right, well, I guess I can, you know, do the uh, fish, you know, world event again and get some paltry rewards from that. Uh, last thing I'll mention, and this is a little while ago, but it, it's something funny. I hooked up my original Xbox console. Uh, cause I wanted to, I think I wanted to like check out something on it. I hit the power button and it, and it was fine. I hit the eject button on the DVD drive 
and it made a horrible grinding sound. And I'm like, I already replaced the DVD drive once because I had the, one of the crappy drives. Like, I replaced it with the good one. And I'm like, what is this? <laughs> like, yeah. holy hell. And I took a flashlight and I looked inside. The belt that ejected the disc, like, broke in half. Ooh. Like the rubber band part. So I ordered another one, and I actually got it replaced. But it was just, like, really funny. Because I'm like, well, I guess I'm, I mean, I haven't turned that thing on in, like, four or five years. So I guess it just, you know, dried out. And then yeah, when oh, I finally hit eject, I was like, nope. <laughs> I was like, oh, you should have used me. Yeah. More often. But you wouldn't, like, I heard that grinding sound. Like, what the hell is that? Like, I was like, holy crap. <laughs> That's like, oh, crap, something happened here. Yeah. But yeah, um, I was... I was really wanting to put the finish The Witcher three. I didn't. I mean, I didn't finish the game or anything, but I finished the review. And then I, once it was submitted, I quickly deleted it and then started playing Crisis Core. Oh well, hey, sometimes that's all. Yeah, and then to be fair, Witcher three is uh, who hasn't played that game at this point, right? So like, I think you one really person. need to know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, do you really need to know like that much? Okay, that's, it looks that, better. It's still Witcher Three. That, that's why my my review is actually pretty short on four one one because I'm just like my first paragraph is like you know the Witcher like it ain't rocket science. So I'll just right. talk about my my experience playing the PS five version and go from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I don't need to give you a whole breakdown. Yeah, right. Um, anything else? You? No, that's been about it. There's a game I want in the store that I'm going to try to afford soon. If I or try to get it if I can. Ever, what ever game heard is of that? Tail Concerto? No. Okay. It's an old PS1 game where you play an anime dog in a robot suit hunting cats. That sounds awesome. And you, you shoot bubbles at the cats and then you scoop them up and throw them in your backpack. It's all right. Hey, that's it's also, cool. It's also $400. <laughs> oh, jeez. $400. Holy crap. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, uh, I think that's going to do it for us here. Um, we'll definitely be back. Um, I apologize that we I, this, we haven't been on a good schedule lately. Uh, my personal situation hasn't been good. Um, essentially, like homeless, so I don't. I you know come over here to my where you know my mom and daughters to do this recording and then. I'm either sleeping in a hotel or in my car right now. We're waiting on an apartment to approve us. We got some good news today. Hopefully, they got the last freaking documents they need. And the next time we hear from them, it's to be like, hey, uh, you can come sign the lease now, which yeah. hopefully is is like after Christmas, they call us in and go, okay, come sign the lease and, and you're good. Uh, so hopefully... We can definitely get a uh, most anticipated games of next year uh, show out before the year ends. Um, I have to see how we're going to do the best games of 2022 because I think I've played at least 10 games (laughs) that would fit. Um, I haven't played a ton this year because of mainly this issue. So and then this happens at a bad time where this is usually the time where I'm catching up on all the stuff that I didn't get to play throughout the year. So I haven't been able to do that. So that's that kind of sucks for this. But we'll get to it. Um, I mean, we're at least going to do one more show for the end of the year. I don't know if we're going to do both. 
Uh, I don't want to commit to too much and then stuff happens because, you know, once you're moving, that's another whole thing too. So it looks like the first big game of next year is going to be uh, the One Piece Odyssey game, which is January 13th right now. So I'm excited for that. That looks like it's going to be really good. Um, so then it's a proper like One Piece RPG, JRPG. So uh, has turn-based battles and everything. So we'll see. Um, I know. I think you've talked about it a little bit of how you feel about the Fire Emblem Engage. Are you gonna get that? Or? I actually did pre-order uh, the special edition copy, so I'll get that eventually. Okay, so you won't have to wait too long to get play your your first uh, big game of right. the year. I still, I don't know. That demo didn't really convince me. I don't know that I'm gonna like go rush out and buy Forspoken uh, now, but I mean, it's a game yeah. that like waiting for reviews isn't a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, that might be one of those where I just wait for. Uh, reviews plus who knows how long yeah. that, that one piece I, game is going to take. Like, I think I might like Forspoken because he seemed kind of janky, like Sonic Frontiers. So, yeah, I may actually like it, but it's not exactly like a like it, it's not technically broken, but it feels really weird. So, that's why I like it. Isn't a good, good review buying, you know, good review policy. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's not a bad thing to go by there. So, but, um, yeah, there's definitely some big games coming in January. We'll see. And we'll see what the that year holds for us. But again, we'll, we'll come in and talk about our most anticipated games, uh, at least before the year's out. And then we'll see if we get to those best games of 2022 before the year's out. But uh, enjoy your Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Whatever you celebrate. Yep. And we'll be back next week at some point. Uh, see you later. Later.